And how many of you would like a divine opportunity? Yeah, something that God gives to you that helps you arrive at the place that he has uh, purposed for your life. Well, let's read tonight Psalm 119, verse 64. It reads, The earth is full of his loving kindness. O Lord, teach me your statutes. And then uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 9, it reads, A king who cultivates a field is an advantage to the land. Let's pray and then we'll get into this study tonight. Father, I thank you tonight for the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. We're so blessed that you would meet us in your house and that your power uh, would be made known to us through your visitation. Tonight we begin the study of your word and I ask that you would equip me and teach uh, this congregation through me. Use these lips of clay to teach your word, O oh God. And I pray that the words that are spoken would not only be edifying and building them up, but that they would also be glorifying to Christ in all that is said and done tonight. We ask that in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Amen. An opportunity is defined as a set of circumstances that make it possible to achieve an objective. Una oportunidad se define como las circunstancias uh, necesarias uh, o cuando las circunstancias se hacen posible uh, alcanzar algún logro. And so uh, tonight I want to talk about uh, taking advantage of the opportunities that you have been given. The book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 tells us to take advantage of every opportunity. So would you say that with me tonight? Take advantage of every opportunity. Tenemos que tomar o lograr cada oportunidad. Efesios 5.16 dice, o logra o toma oportunidad o toma cada oportunidad. And so I want to begin tonight by making three statements. This is where I left off Sunday night. I want to begin by making these three statements that are truths about opportunities. Quiero primero comenzar con declarando tres cosas que son verdades sobre la oportunidad y luego vamos a llegar a la hoja que les he dado. After we've gone through these three truths, then we'll get to the field of opportunity. Are you with me tonight? All right, the first truth is this, and I'm going to have you say this with me. I hope you'll write this down as well, but I want you to say this with me. Opportunities come to everyone. Diga eso conmigo, las oportunidades vienen a todos. You see, uh, this is an important truth for us to recognize uh, as we begin tonight because if we're going to talk about opportunities, we first need to understand that opportunities come to everybody. Las oportunidades vienen hacia todos. And that might be obvious to some, but it's not obvious to everybody because many people believe that opportunities only come to lucky people or good people or privileged people or smart people, or people who were born on the right side of the tracks, or people with certain skin color. But the Bible teaches us a different truth. The Bible teaches us that opportunities come to everybody. Algunos piensan, bueno, las oportunidades vienen a los ricos, o vienen a los sabios, o vienen a los buenos, pero no vienen a todos, no vienen a mi vida. La realidad es que la Biblia nos enseña que las oportunidades 
vienen a todos. Look at what Matthew chapter 5 verse 45 says. Mateo 5, 45. Jesus speaking here, here he says, the, the son uh, makes, uh, he says, he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. The Bible tells us that God makes the sun rise on the evil and the good. You know, the sun uh, rose on Hitler, and the sun rose on you today. It rises on the evil and on the good. And it rains on the evil and on the good. Uh, el, el sol sale sobre el bueno y el malo y llueve sobre el bueno y el malo. Entonces, las oportunidades vienen a todos. So, the opportunity for sunshine, the opportunity for rain, the opportunity for snow, the opportunity for success comes to every person in, in life. It comes uh, to everybody. And here's the fact. Opportunities are God's gift to you. What you do with them is your gift to God. Las oportunidades son el don de Dios hacia nuestra vida. Lo que nosotros hacemos con ella son nuestro regalo para Dios. I want to challenge you to live this year by taking advantage of every opportunity and giving back to God the return on His investment in your life. Le quiero uh, animar este año a tomar y lograr estas oportunidades y regresarle a Dios la inversión que Él ha hecho en nuestra vida. I talked to you on a Sunday morning about the fig tree and how the Lord comes to the fig tree expecting fruit. He expects that for the opportunity that he gave the tree, that he's going to bear, uh, be able to get some fruit from it. That is God's expectation on all of our lives. La expectativa de Dios en toda nuestra vida es que Él va a recibir fruto de nuestra vida. Is God getting fruit out of your life? Say yes or no. I hope so, yes. Uh, is God, can God expect to get something from your life this year? ¿Podrá Dios recibir algún fruto de tu vida este año. I'm going to give you some examples here. First of all, the opportunity to be saved comes to everybody. Aquí están unos ejemplos. Número uno, la oportunidad de la salvación viene a todos. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that means everybody, whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So the opportunity to be saved has come to every person, um, and, and you and I sitting in this room are here because we have chosen to heed the opportunity. We have said yes to the invitation. La invitación a la salvación es para todos. Not everybody takes the opportunity, do they? No todos logran la oportunidad, no todos uh, la agarran. Entonces, es importante que usted la tome. It's important for you tonight if you have not said yes to Christ. If you have not made him Lord of your life, uh, you are uh, and you're given an opportunity, you're given an invitation to confess your sin to God and to have him forgive you of your sin and to make you a part of his family. You have to say yes to him. You have to make uh, a commitment of your life to Christ and take advantage of that opportunity. And when you do that, then you are able to bear all of the fruit and enter into all of the benefits that come with being a child of God. How many of you have said yes to Christ? You've taken advantage of the greatest opportunity known to man. Si usted le ha dicho que sí 
a Jesús. Usted ha tomado la oportunidad más grande que se le puede dar al hombre. There's nothing greater than that. Another opportunity is the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be led by the Spirit. La oportunidad de ser lleno con el Espíritu Santo y ser guiado por el Espíritu Santo es una oportunidad que se le ha dado a todos. The opportunity to be led by the Spirit is available to every person in this room. If you said yes to Christ, you have the opportunity to be led by the Spirit. You don't have to go to somebody else and say, hey, could you ask God what does he think about this? You can ask him yourself and he can lead you himself. Say amen, somebody. Usted no tiene que ir con nadie más y decirle, oye, pregúntale a Dios. Que si me puede perdonar o uh, pregúntale a Dios que debo hacer en, esta, en este caso. Usted mismo puede ir con Dios y hablar con Él y recibir la respuesta que usted busca. Porque es una oportunidad que Él se le ha dado. Unfortunately, not everybody takes the opportunity. Desafortunadamente, no todos toman la oportunidad. And so you can't look at the life of some people and say, man, that person, they're really getting along with Uh, in their life, their life's going on uh, strong, they're doing great things for God, and I, I, I'm not, and that must mean God loves them more than he loves me, or God loves them better than he loves me. No, I'll tell you what the main difference is. The main difference is that successful Christians have taken the opportunity of fellowship with God, and they walk with him every single day, and they listen to him, and they obey him, and when you do that, you're going to have a good life, and you're going to have his peace, his direction, and his grace, and, and even when storms come, you're going to be able to keep your cool, because you're walking with him, you've taken advantage of the opportunity. I want to challenge you, take advantage of this opportunity, because the greatest gift that God ever gave the world was salvation. But the greatest gift he ever gave the church was the Holy Spirit. So take advantage of the uh, opportunity that you and I have to be led by the Spirit of God. El regalo más grande que Dios le dio al mundo fue el regalo de la salvación. Pero el regalo más grande que él le ha dado a la iglesia es la oportunidad de ser guiados por el Espíritu Santo. Somebody say, lead me, Holy Spirit. Now, when you, when you wake up in the morning and you, you just let him lead, you invite him into your life, into your decisions, into your, into your um, work, into your child rearing, into your marriage, you invite him in, you let him lead, your life is going to bear the fruit of being led by the Spirit of God. Here's another opportunity, the opportunity to be wise. How many of you would like to be wise? ¿Cuántos quieren ser sabios? La sabiduría es una oportunidad que se le da a todos. You all, all of us have the opportunity to be wise. Now, someone has come up to me, one of my students on one occasion in the Bible Institute. He came to me, he said, he said uh, Pastor Isaac, I want to know everything you know. I said, well, you got to read everything I've read and hear everything I've heard and study everything I've studied. You see, we all have the same opportunities. We all walk into the same libraries. We walk into the same bookstores. We all walk into the same churches, right? But we don't all do the same thing with the opportunity. Say amen, somebody. Some people walk into a bookstore. They go to the magazine section, right? Some people go to the philosophy section. Others go to the uh, 
coloring book section. I don't know what, what section you go into. But you have the opportunity every morning to pick up this book and to receive the wisdom of life for your life. Everybody has that opportunity. And you say, well, pastor, you know what? I got you there because I don't even have a Bible. Well, guess what? I'll give you a Bible if you need one. But no one can say, I don't, I don't have the opportunity to learn. Everyone who wants to know can know. Uh, I've told you before about my father. Uh, my father was a pastor, an evangelist, but he was also illiterate. He was unable to read. And it didn't stop him from being a minister of the gospel. In fact, he had two solutions to his problem. The first solution was he had me, and he would have me sit down and read to him. And I did not enjoy that a whole lot, all right, because I had, I had more fun things to do with my time. And so all the time that he was studying, I was there for him uh, when he wanted me to read something, and, and that taught me while I, did, I didn't even know what was going on, but God was allowing me to learn how to read his word and to study his word and connect this passage to that passage and this connects to that. And uh, the other way that my father learned was that he, would, he had a, a Bible on cassette tape. Now, you younger folks, you don't know what a cassette tape is, right? But it's basically the 1980s equivalent of a... Uh, no, you see these even old now, right? It's uh, 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 iTunes, right? It was basically iTunes and YouTube and... A Bible app, right? Basically, that's what it was, a Bible app, except my dad's Bible app was about this big, and it had hundreds of cassettes in it, and you had to, you know, pop them in the cassette player and so on, but that was how he would hear the Word of God. Everybody has the opportunity to be wise. What are you going to do with it? Todos tenemos la oportunidad de ser sabios. ¿Qué va a hacer con ella? The opportunity to grow. How many of you want to grow spiritually? Guess what? The opportunity to grow is yours. I'm proud of you tonight because you came to the house of God. You said, you know what? There's an opportunity for me to grow spiritually, for me to learn the word of God. I'm going to go to the house of God tonight. And you've taken this opportunity to grow. And so the, the scripture then makes it clear that these opportunities and so many others come to everybody. What I want you to know tonight is that opportunities come to everyone. Don't sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself short. Tell your neighbor, don't sell yourself short. You know, many people don't even start studying the Bible because they say this. I'll never understand it. They already sold themselves short. They already cut themselves out of the equation. They say, you know what, I, I don't even spend time trying to pray because God's not listening to me anyway. They're selling themselves short. Some people don't even apply for a, a job at a particular place because they already know they're not going to get it. They already know they're not good enough. They already know they're not qualified. They already know that they can't. And all of that stuff you already know is selling you short and it's costing you the opportunities God has for you. A veces nosotros tomamos la mentalidad, bueno, las oportunidades no vienen a todos, solamente vienen a ciertas personas y se están, uh, están sacando de su vida la oportunidad de lograr cosas que Dios tiene para ellos. Y dicen, no, 
no voy a ni aplicar porque no me la van a dar como quiera No voy a, ni, no voy a tratar de ir a trabajar por esa compañía a, a cabo no me van a dejar Y ya se comienzan a programar en pensar en lo que no se pueden hacer And some people are experts at what can't be done I don't want you to be an expert in can't I want you to be an expert in can Why? Because the Bible says I can do All things through Christ who strengthens me. Yo no quiero que usted sea un experto en lo que no se puede hacer. Sea usted un experto en lo que sí se puede hacer. Porque todo lo podemos en Cristo que uh, uh, es mi fortaleza. So you, you and I have to make a decision that we've got we've to just know opportunities are coming into my life. Every single day you need to be Looking out for opportunities. Todos los días usted tiene que estar buscando las oportunidades. Now, I, I, I want you to uh, get this next statement. That is that opportunities are often disguised as problems. Número dos, las oportunidades normalmente, usualmente vienen disfrazadas como problemas. How many of you have ever had a problem? Just one of you. You guys are the most blessed congregation. Or, or maybe you're not doing so well because problems are opportunities. How many of you have ever had a problem? Guess what? Opportunities often arrive in our life as a problem. Las oportunidades normalmente llegan a nuestra vida como un problema. Now, if all you choose to look at is the problem, you'll never see the opportunity. Si todo lo que usted ve es el problema, usted no va a ver la oportunidad. We had a deacon here in our church. His name was Brother Chano. That's what we called him anyway. But uh, his name was Luciano. And he was diagnosed with cancer. He had to go through several treatments. And whereas most people saw a problem in that, he saw an opportunity. And every time he went to treatment, he would sit and witness to people and tell them about Jesus and encourage people and build up some people uh, in, their, in their faith and their confidence. He saw an opportunity to expand the kingdom of God where other people would see defeat and they would see uh, problems, they would see depression. He saw an opportunity to invest in the life of somebody else. King Saul and the nation of Israel saw a giant named Goliath. But when David showed up on the scene, David saw an opportunity. Everybody else saw a problem. They saw an invincible giant. In fact, Goliath taunted Israel for 40 days and 40 nights. Twice a day, he came out to them and he presented them with an opportunity. All they saw was the problem. And David comes on the scene, and he has a God perspective. He's got the anointing of heaven on his life. And so when he sees the giant, he sees an opportunity. He sees a responsibility that is on his life. The mantle of kingship was already on his life. And he acted on that opportunity, and the giant came down. And guess who the ladies were singing about that afternoon? They weren't singing about the 10,000 soldiers in the army of Saul. They were singing about David, because David seized the opportunity. You've got to look for 
What is this problem in my life presenting me as an opportunity? The disciples saw a hungry multitude. Jesus saw an opportunity to turn five loaves and two fish into a, a dinner for everybody. Uh, Jesús cuando uh, los discípulos vieron el problema de una, una multitud que tenía hambre, Jesús vio una oportunidad. Él vio en el problema, vio una oportunidad para avanzar, para llegar hacia adelante. Most of the great inventions of our day have been uh, created because of a problem. Somebody decided, I'm going to solve this problem. This morning, I don't know if, I think most of us went through this this morning, but did your power go out this morning? Yes? Aren't you glad we have electricity? In that little, that little moment where the house kind of got a little chilly and, uh, and things were not, not like cozy warm like they had been, I started to think, you know, I really do appreciate the fact that somebody decided to create a generator and that somebody invented electricity and that somebody made uh, uh, central air conditioning and heaters and so on. All of those things were invented because somebody someday was tired of being cold and they were tired of having to go out in the snow or in the ice and bring in firewood for the fireplace and they got, they got uh, to where they were tired of the problem and they started to create something that would solve the problem. Let me just tell you this. You are the children of God. The anointing of heaven is on your life. God has anointed you to solve problems and make a difference in your generation. Come on, somebody. So you've got to turn those problems into an opportunity to see God glorify himself in your life. Number three, uh, opportunities require Recognition. Número tres, las oportunidades requieren reconocimiento. Have you ever missed an opportunity? ¿Cuántos se les ha pasado una oportunidad? Yeah? I think we probably all miss an opportunity and it stings, doesn't it? ¿Cuánto duele cuando pierdes una oportunidad? Cuando uno uh, pierde una oportunidad, duele porque es algo que sintíamos que pudiéramos ver tenido y no lo logramos o, o no lo alcanzamos. Often it stings because it's something that could have been ours, but we lost it. And uh, the reality is that many opportunities will be lost this year, just like they were last year, if you don't learn to recognize what God is doing and what God is positioning for in your life. The Bible tells us this, that Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem in Luke chapter 19, verse 44, through, uh, pardon, verse 41 through 44. It says, and when he came near, he beheld the city and he wept over it, saying, if you had known even you, at least this your day, the things which belong to your peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. Jesus came to the Jewish people. He came to the city of Jerusalem, and at the end of his ministry, he's weeping over the city. And he says, Jerusalem, if you only had recognized the things that pertain to your peace, if you had only recognized what God was doing in your life and in your times. Jesús le dice a Jerusalén, se hubiere reconocido lo que Dios estaba haciendo 
en tu día, en tu, en tus, uh, en tu vida. Y, y les dice, ahora se ha escondido de tus ojos. He says, but now it has been hidden from your eyes. And you know that for 2,000 years, the Jewish people have suffered from a blindness toward the gospel because they rejected the day of their opportunity. Can I tell you, friend, this is why you don't want to delay in saying yes to Christ. Because this is the day of opportunity. Es por eso que usted no se debe esperar en la oportunidad. Porque ese es el día de tu oportunidad. Jesús le dice a Jerusalén, has perdido tu oportunidad. Y ahora tus ojos han sido cegados. Ya se te pasó el momento. Your moment passed. Your day passed. Your chance se te perdió la oportunidad. And I have no doubt that all of us have had that experience because we lack the ability to recognize. Jesus said this to the, to the Pharisees in his day. He said, you have eyes, but you don't see. And you have ears, but you don't hear. They don't recognize the opportunity that was before them. No, Jesús le dijo a los fariseos, tienen ojos, pero no ven. Tienen oídos, pero no oyen. Y no han logrado la oportunidad que estaba delante de ellos. There's a man in the Bible, his name was Elisha. And he was called to follow a prophet. He was the servant of the prophet Elijah. And when Elijah's ministry was drawing to a close, Elijah uh, traveled to four cities where he had uh, schools. And he had uh, a network of, of, of prophetic schools. And Elijah was traveling to those four places. And every time they would travel there, he would probably tell them, you know, guys, my time's coming up. I'm going to be uh, finishing up my ministry. God's calling me home. So this is going to be my last goodbye. Uh, and I, I pray all of you will do the things I've taught you. And so the students in the school, uh, they were... Um, you know, after, after class, he'd come up to Elisha, the servant boy, the, the servant man, really. He was a man, but he was a servant. And they would come to him and say, well, what are you going to do next? God's going to take your master away, and what are you going to do next? And he would say, hush, don't talk to me about that. And they go to the next school, same thing. So what are you going to do next? But they were trying to discourage him. They were basically trying to tell him, look, you've hitched your wagon to the wrong star. This guy is going down. He's going out. And you might as well uh, go, you might as well enroll here at the school and get yourself a real education because all you're doing over there following Elijah is carrying his suitcases. But what they didn't know was what Elisha did know was that there was an opportunity because Elisha knew that there was about to be a job opening in the, in the world. There was about to be a, a mantle that was going to fall from the life of Elijah. And he said, as God lives, I'm not letting you out of, your, out of my sight. He recognized his opportunity. Is there anybody in here that has that kind of spirit that says, I recognize God is doing something and I want to be a part of it. I want the mantle to fall upon my life. I want God to do that great thing in my life. So he sees that opportunity. And you know, Elisha did twice as many great miracles as Elijah because he understood. What if he had quit? But if he had said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and head home. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. I'm going to go ahead and end my 
my trajectory here. Instead, he understood there's an opportunity here, and I've got to seize it. I've got to grab what God has for me. So I want you to, to know these three things are true. Every opportunity comes to everybody. Opportunities are disguised as problems, and opportunities must be recognized. Now let's talk a little bit about the field of opportunity. We read this evening Psalm 119, verse 64. It reads, The earth is full of your goodness, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Now the word earth there in that verse is a word that just literally means the land or the ground. And it's talking about primarily the land, um, the, the earth, the physical world that you and I live in and, and walk on. And I think tonight we can talk about this land as a field. The, the field of God, the field where God has planted you, is full of God's goodness. All right? I want you to say amen to that because that's what the Bible says. The field that God has planted you in is full of God's goodness. You don't have to look far when you look around to know that God has been good, hasn't he? Say amen, somebody. If God has been good to you, shout amen. amen. All right, that's what I thought. Because when you and I look at our life, we see the goodness of God. You see a sunrise or a sunset. You see uh, a, a child playing on the playground. You see um, the, 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 the glories of, of the seasons that come. And you realize that in spite of all the things that we might face and the difficulties and the trials, there is a good God who sits on the throne and is watching over our life. And so just from the beginning there, there is a thought here we need to be aware of. And that is that my life is full of... Of the goodness of God. God has planted me in a field. And he has planted me in a field full of his goodness. He's planted me in a place that is full. The word full actually means to be furnished or filled with abundance. So uh, he says that the, the field that God has planted you and I in has been furnished with abundance. Just imagine it like this. God has uh, prepared a house for you, and he tells you, come on this day to this address, I'm going to give you the house, and you're excited about the house, right? Would you be excited about that? And, and he says, I built this house just for you. It's, it's tailor-made to your specifications, and you go and you think, you know what, this is going to be a great house, um, but I don't have any furniture for it. But what you didn't know was that the Lord already furnished it. All right, and the Lord has furnished it with good things. Say amen, somebody. That's, that house is your life. God says, I have furnished your life with good things. And sometimes uh, we get caught up again in our problems. We get caught up in our messes, and we forget that God has filled our life with good things. If God has filled your life with some good things, you need to give him thanks for it every single day. Si Dios ha llenado tu vida con cosas buenas, dale gracias por él. Él ha, él ha puesto en tu vida su bondad, su misericordia, su gracia. And although these things are, are uh, spiritual, they're also physical in our life. But then he says there, so teach me 
your statutes. And that, that word there implies this. He says, Lord, teach me the task that you have for me. You've given me a field. You've given me good things. You've furnished my life with good things, with gifts, with abilities, with talents, with uh, mercies, with uh, uh, generosity. Now teach me how to use the things you've given me to bring you glory. Teach me the task or the purpose that you have for my life. Now, in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, as we relate it to this, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 9, it says that a king who cultivates a field is an advantage to the land. So listen, God has put you in a field. Say amen. And that field is full of what? Come on. Oh, that field is full of what? Goodness, right? It's filled of good things. Let's try that together now, all right? God has put you in a field, and the field is full of goodness. Does that sound good? Dios te ha puesto en un terreno, y ese terreno está lleno de bondad. What is it full of? Goodness. Whose goodness? God's goodness. God's goodness is so good, it makes you say, my goodness. Right? God is good. He's put you in a field. But listen, the Bible says a king who cultivates the field is an advantage to the land. God's put you in a field full of goodness, but you have a job to do in that field. That field is your opportunity. La labor, el terreno donde Dios te ha puesto es tu oportunidad. Y esa oportunidad Dios se la dio, te la dio a ti, está llena de sus bondades, pero tú la tienes que cultivar. You have to cultivate the land that God gives you. I can tell you don't like that word, cultivate, because it sounds a lot like work, Pastor. That word cultivate sounds a lot like work. Well, guess what? God has put you in a field, and fields require work. La labor donde Dios te ha puesto requiere tu trabajo. Lo tienes que cultivar. Lo tienes que um, lograr. Everybody is giving this, given the same amount of time in every single day, but not everybody cultivates it the same way. Everybody's given the same Bible, but not everyone cultivates it the same way. Everyone is given the same air, but not everyone cultivates it the same way. You and I have to make our decision this year, I'm going to cultivate the opportunity that God has given me because I want to be an advantage. I want to be a blessing to the people that are in my life. And this field needs to be cultivated. In other words, this is a simple principle. Work what you have. Tell your neighbor, work what you have. You can't do anything about what you don't have. So work what you do have. If you spend all your time talking about, oh man, Pastor Isaac, has, he's got a great field. Don't worry about my field. You've got to worry about your field. If you spend all your time comparing yourself to what somebody else has, you're wasting time being able to cultivate what you have. Because guess what? There are some things in your field that I don't have. 
Si usted pasa todo su tiempo comparándose con no el terreno de aquel le tocó mejor y aquel está mejor y aquel uh, esto y lo otro usted está perdiendo tiempo tell your neighbor don't waste time you don't have time to waste church we have no time to waste I told you Sunday we are living on borrowed time so we have to make the most of the time we've got we have to cultivate the field you have so you know what if you're thin Enjoy being thin. And if you're a little heavy, enjoy being a little heavy. All right? Work what you have, okay? You got to do the best you can with what you've got. If you, are, if you are a nerd, be the best nerd anybody ever met, all right? Don't, don't try to be a field that you're not. No quieras hacer algo que no eres. Haz lo que puedes con lo que tienes donde estás. Do what you can with what you have where you are. When you do that, you're going to see that your life will prosper and it will be fruitful. Tenemos que hacer lo, lo mejor con la oportunidad que tenemos. You say, well, pastor, uh, you don't know. I said, uh, I have these disadvantages. Turn those disadvantages into advantages in your life. You say, pastor, well, I, I have a divorce in my history. So do a lot of people. Guess what? Move on. Let God bless the next season of your life. Work the days that you have. Work the years that you say. You, you say, Pastor, well, I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm too this or I'm too that. Forget about all that. You have to work the field that you have right now. Do the best with what you have today. And watch God bring more resources and more into your life. Well, Pastor, I'm single. Well, take yourself out to dinner, all right? Be happy about it. Because... You're sitting, there, you're sitting there praying, Lord, I wish I was married. And there's a married person behind you saying, Lord, I wish I was single. <laughs> right, you just have to work what you have today. Say amen, somebody. If you're married, work that marriage. Make it the best marriage in town. Let everybody who sees you wish they were married. Come on, somebody. You've got to work the gifts God has put in your life. And the, the, uh, the, the couple that does that is stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. They focus on what God is doing in them. The family that does that, the church that does that, sees fruitfulness. You don't have time to waste. No tenemos tiempo para malgastar. Look, the Bible says this. There is an abundance in food in the unplowed soil of the poor. Dice la escritura que hay abundancia de pan en la, en, el, en la tierra que no ha sido labrada de los pobres. Think about that. If, if you have land and you don't cultivate it, you can't, you can't complain about starving. If you haven't cultivated the land you were given. So I've given you here a little sheet and I want you to look at some different aspects of your field of opportunity. Vamos a ver aquí algunos aspectos de nuestro, nuestro uh, terreno. First of all, your first field of opportunity is your body, your mind, and your spirit. Primero, la, el primer terreno de uh, oportunidad es tu cuerpo, tu mente, y tu espíritu. So, uh, if you didn't get one of these, the, the, the ushers will have some. Anybody need one? Raise your hand. Can we get a couple over here? ¿Quieres? ¿Pueden traerlos, por favor? 
tráiganlos, por favor. Yeah, si, si necesitan más. Okay, I want you to write in that first space what you need to cultivate this year. In your body, your mind, and your spirit. Now that one's easy, right? You say, Pastor, spirit's easy. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to learn some Bible verses. I'm going to hear some podcasts. All right. Um, what do you got to do with your body? Oh, Pastor, I want to talk about that at church. If you got to exercise more this year, write that down. Cultivate that. If you need to eat better, cultivate that. You gotta, you've got to uh, put yourself on a diet, cultivate that. You say, Pastor, I don't, want to, I don't want to write that down. Listen, you've got to know where you're headed. This field, listen, it's the only field you're ever going to get. Your body is the only field you're ever going to get. They don't give out new ones. I have done so many funerals as a pastor. I can tell you without fear of contradiction that they do not hand out second bodies. When you're done with this one, it's over. So you got to take care of the body that you have. Este cuerpo es el único que nos van a dar. Yo sé que no nos gusta oírlo, pero este cuerpo es el único que nos van a dar. Si usted lo quiere que permanezca para largo tiempo, con buena salud, lo tiene que cultivar. You got to cultivate this body. And, and I want to challenge you with that because if you're not around, this body's not around. It doesn't matter how much time you want to spend with your children. It doesn't matter how much you want to do for the kingdom of God, how many people you want to bring to Christ. None of that matters if you're not around to do it and if you don't have the health to do it. I'm not hearing any amens. All right. So uh, let me just talk to the men here for a moment. Guys, go and get a checkup. Do it annually. All right. Be disciplined about that because your family needs you around for a long time. I didn't hear any of the ladies. Do you want them around for a long time? Yes. Y'all are letting me down, ladies. Y'all are letting me down. You've got to go and say, you know what? My family needs me. And, and make sure you have a life insurance policy. Now you say, Pastor, I don't want to die. I don't want you to die either. But someday, you're going to. And you've got to make sure there's something to secure them in that moment. If it's unexpected, you've got to make sure that your family is taken care of. Am I going to get any support in here tonight? Don't worry. I'm not selling insurance at the end of the service, all right? And, uh, you know, on the back of your sheet, there's an insurance policy form. I'm not, I'm not selling you insurance. What I'm telling you is you've got to cultivate the field you've been given. Usted tiene que cultivar la tierra, el terreno que Dios le dio. After all, this body is made of dirt, made of dust. It's a piece of a field that God breathed on and made a man named Adam. And you and I need to cultivate the, uh, the, the body. Now, uh, you can cultivate the body, but you also need to cultivate the mind. Keep your mind alert. Keep it growing. Feed it the word of God. Feed it 
wisdom. Uh, we talked about that a few moments ago. Get God's word in your mind. Think about great things. Uh, put the great message of the gospel through your mind. Read good books. Spend time developing your mind. Just because you grew up poor doesn't mean you can't have a mind. Just because you grew up rich doesn't mean you don't have a mind. Just because you grew up in, uh, in another country doesn't mean you don't have to think about things. Develop your mind and develop your spirit. Be in the house of God. Get the word of God. Be in the word uh, constantly. Let your spirit man grow and develop. Are you with me tonight? So you've got to make this decision. Not just for the first month of the year, but for the rest of your life, I'm going to cultivate this body so that however long I'm going to live will be good. And I can live all the years God has desired and designed for me to live in good health. Say amen, somebody. All right, number two, the field of relationships. Right down in there, what are some of the things you need to cultivate? Your relationship, if you have a spouse, you need to cultivate that. If you don't have a spouse, you have uh, uh, other family members, other relationships, you need to cultivate those in your life. Write in there, what are the field of your relationships that you need to cultivate? Listen, listen church, every person God has put in your life, every relationship God has put in your life is there, and if you cultivate it, it can be fruitful. It's there for your good and their good. It's there for God's glory. But if you don't give it attention, it's going to die. Relationships demand attention. And let me just say this. Uh, parents, I know you love your kids. But you cannot love your kids more than you love your spouse. They need, your children need a solid marriage in that home. And many times I've seen marriages deteriorate because they put their children before themselves. And then the marriage relationship deteriorates. And the fact is, someday those kids are going to be out of the house. You say, even so, let it come, Jesus. All right? <laughs> someday they're going to move out. They're going to get a job. They're going to go to college. They're going to do something. They're going to move out of that house. And it's going to be you and him and you and her. And you've got to have a solid Cultivated field. I don't hear any amens. All right. Re develop that uh, relationship. Cultivate the relationship with your children. With your uh, sons and your daughters, stepchildren. It, it's going to require attention. It's going to require time. I told you Sunday, you can't just give them a, a digital device and because they're out of your hair think that they're they're being raised. You've got to have, you're going to have to spend time to them. Talk to them. Have a conversation. You know, in the Bible Institute in the summer, we have a Bible Institute where students come in for six weeks. And the rule is they're not allowed to have their cell phone at the lunch or dinner table. Do you know that for the first few days, it's quiet? Nobody knows how to talk. And they're all dying to get out of lunch so they can ch go check their phone. But after a while, they start to realize there's this thing called conversation. And it's the, it's the stuff of life. Because you know what? When you're, talking, you're, when you're talking to your children, you're talking to your family, you're learning things, you're picking up on things. 
you're hearing disappointment, you're hearing discouragement, you're hearing fears, you're hearing doubts, you're hearing excitement, you're hearing successes, you're hearing all of those things, and you're able to cultivate the field that God has put in front of you. You're able to do the things that uh, that, that child or that person in your family needs because you're talking to them, you're spending time with them. And even if, you know, sometimes guys spend time together and we don't talk. But just the fact that you're there together, even if nobody says anything, that means a lot, doesn't it? So cultivate the field of your relationships. Learn to celebrate the people in your life. Because listen, if you don't celebrate them, you will lose them. What we don't celebrate, we end up losing. Lo que usted no celebra, lo pierde. Listen, you can only demand and demand and demand and demand and demand something out of another person's life without putting back anything into it before it breaks. You've got to have a reciprocal reinvesting of the time and the energy and the strength and the emotion that is being put into your life. All right, so if you're, I'm just going to be, I'm going to challenge you. If you're a taker, if you know, Pastor, I'm a taker. All I do is take. I challenge you to stop it. Turn around and give something back. Turn around and reinvest the time and the emotion and the strength that somebody else has invested into your life. I have the hardest time with visiting nursing homes, and I visit some of our elderly people who have nobody in their family to come visit them. And I think, where are the sons and the daughters and the grandchildren that they invested in and that took from them and now they're here alone and nobody is giving back. We have to cultivate the field we've been given. So quiet in here. I'm going to keep going. All right. Number three, your finances. Cultivate the field of your finances. How many of you have a job? If you have a job, do the best job that you can. You have to cultivate your job. Listen, if you have been given a job, somebody has given you an opportunity to work for a paycheck. Don't go home every day and badmouth it and talk about how terrible a place it is. And all you're doing is you are running your mouth against the people that are feeding you. If it's that bad, go find a, another place to work. But you have to take advantage of that opportunity and know that if it weren't for that job, I wouldn't be able to provide for my family. So do the best job that you can. Do, do, be the best employee they've ever had so that you can get a return from that. Listen, at the end of the day, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for God. God is the one that rewards. God is the one that pays. And if that company does well, you do well. If that company doesn't do well, you don't do well. You know, we've all been in those places, right? Those, especially the fast food restaurants. Sometimes you go in and the employees have no interest in that restaurant being a success. And you just think, I'm glad they don't work for me. Because they don't, they don't, take, it, they don't take it as something that is producing something for their life. You, you and I have to have a different mentality. We have to know whatever it is. Somebody took a risk on you. 
somebody decided to give you a paycheck, you need to make sure that every hour they spend paying you, you're giving them what they're paying you for. And God's going to honor that and, and life's going to honor that as well. Your financial habits are a field that need to be cultivated. Your investments, your house, anything God has given you, your automobile, your car, all of these things are part of the field of opportunity. And number four, your church. If you're going to be a part of a church, be all in for that church. If Kingsway is your church, invest in this field. How do I invest, Pastor? Well, you invest your time, you invest your talent, and you invest your treasure. You give your time. You show up, you participate, you volunteer. If you have a talent, a skill, you make it available to the service of the house of God. Your treasure, your money, your tithe, your offerings, these things when we invest them into our church, we're saying, God, I'm receiving fruit from this church. How many of you are receiving something from Kingsway Church? Yeah? Then it's easy to put back into it, isn't it? You know, sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, um, well, Pastor Isaac, I left this church over here because of this, that, and the other. And I came to this church over there because of this, that, and the other. And I tell people, look, why would you leave one church where you didn't contribute, you didn't volunteer, you didn't show up, you gave no time, and then go to another church and do the same exact thing and then be mad at everybody for not meeting your needs. You are sowing or you are reaping what you've sown. You're not going to get anything else out than what you've put in. So if you've been, if, if you're a believer, commit to a local church and invest into it. And invest into it when, uh, in every season. You know, churches have seasons. There's ups, there's downs. There's highs, there's lows. There's good times, there's bad times. You and I have to make a commitment. I'm going to commit to the house of God, to the field where God planted me in every season. Because I want to bear fruit. I want to grow. So what are the uh, things you need to cultivate there in your church? Write those things down for just a minute. And then any other opportunities you can think of that are coming to you this year, I want you to write them down in that fifth section. Just write down, there's an opportunity for me to go back to school, an opportunity for me to get a, a promotion, an opportunity for me to invest in, in a business opportunity. Whatever it is that those opportunities are that are coming to your life that you need to cultivate, that you recognize, just list them there. And then I want you to be real honest in this last one. And I want you to list missed opportunities. What are some of the missed opportunities that you can make up for this year? Maybe you say, Pastor, I missed the opportunity to spend time with my children last year. Let's correct that this year. Maybe you say, Pastor, I missed the opportunity to be in the house of God last year. Let's correct that this year. List them. Be honest about it. It might hurt to see it on paper, but it's good for us to recognize and to know, I don't want to miss this again. I don't want to miss what God is putting in front of me again, because my field is full of goodness. And I want to, I want to cultivate all of the fruit that's in this field. 
spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically, in every way. I want to cultivate all that is in my life for the glory of God. Could you write a few things down? All right, let's stand together. And here's what I want us to do. I'm just, we're going to go in prayer before God. And I want you just to start praying these out to him and saying, Lord, these are the things that I want to cultivate in my life this year. I want to recognize the opportunities that you're putting in front of me. I want to be wise with the time you've given me. And just be honest with him. He said, Lord, last year I missed some opportunities. And if you don't help me, I'll probably miss them again. I've got to have your help. I've got to have your direction. Tell him, Lord, I want to cultivate my marriage. I want to cultivate my children. I want to cultivate my friendships, my relationships. I want to cultivate my job, my work. I want to do the best and be the best that I can. Because you have filled my life with goodness. God, you gave me a gift. The opportunities you've given me are gifts. And my life will be a gift back to you. My life will be a gift back to you. Come on, just talk to him tonight. Just tell him, Lord, I want to be all that you have called me to be. Would you just raise your hands and just invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you tonight to encourage your heart. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We're living in difficult days. We're living in difficult times. Nobody said it would be easy. But God has given you an opportunity to make a difference for the kingdom of God in your generation. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't miss out on it. Say yes to God. Tell Him, Lord, I'm going to be alert. I'm going to be diligent this year about all the things you want me to do.